Good morning, good morning. I'm your host, Richard Powell, as you figured, but this is another episode of Alumni Sports. This is the bowl week number two recap. We had eight bowl games, and of course, I'll go over that a little bit, but I also was requested to just talk about college football, then we'll transition over to college basketball when that time comes, but let's go ahead and talk. So to start out the week, this past Monday, it was the Merle Beach Bowl. So it was Marshall versus UConn. Marshall was a 12-point favorite. Ended up Marshall won 28-14. Marshall was up 28-0 in the third quarter. Eventually just, you know, winded the, the clock down. But UConn also had four turnovers to Marshall's two. Zion Turner, the quarterback for UConn, he's had some very, very bad games where they lost to 50 to Michigan, for instance, 30 to NC State. He was 9 for 27. 166 yards, three interceptions. And Marshall also ran 210 yards total. But for Marshall, this is their first win since 2018, but also first bowl appearance since 2015 for UConn. And again, Jim Moore, he's bringing that program back to respectability. They are independent now, so we'll see what happens moving forward with that. But also we got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl where they just dump all the fries on the winning coach. As, you know, that's basically what it's known for in a way. But San Jose State was a three and a half point favorite. Eastern Michigan ended up beating them forty-one to twenty-seven. And for that, that was Eastern Michigan's, if I'm not mistaken, their second, yeah, their second bowl win ever at first since nineteen eighty-seven. And San Jose State at the time was tied with Southern California with the least amount of turnovers, which was six. And within this game, they finished with three compared to Eastern Michigan's two. So San Jose State led 13-0 to start. And then within the turnovers, Eastern Mich- Michigan went on a 33-0 run, and that's the game. Then we have the Book Raton Bowl, and that is Toledo, who was favorite three and a half, ended up winning 21-19, but not covering in this case to Liberty. But for Liberty, the thing about them, they started out, I think it was 8-1 when they peaked, and they were ranked number 19 after Arkansas victory, and they ended up losing four in a row after that. So they peaked. Hugh Freeze now is the coach at Auburn. As we all know, they just hired Coastal Carolina's head football coach. And Grayson McCall, a great quarterback for Coastal Carolina, has entered the transfer portal. But actually, he has not totally entered it, but he said he will. But he will finish out his last game as they play a bowl game versus Eastern Carolina. So maybe... Coastal's quarterback will follow his coach to Liberty too. But back to the game. They, you know, Toledo was off of, off of MAC championship and first time in a few years. And for Liberty, I mean, they only had 12 first downs the whole entire game compared to Toledo's 27. Toledo had, you know, more rushing yards and 20 minutes more of possession time. So ended up Toledo winning that game. They didn't cover, but they won the game. And then for our halfway point, we had the New Orleans Bowl. So this was a shootout. So West Kentucky is a big air raid offense. They ended up winning 44-25. to Southern Alabama versus West Kentucky, that is. Southern Alabama was a four-point favorite. Obviously, they ended up losing. But West Kentucky started out a 24-0 run. But the craziest thing about it, they had 600. They had, uh, there's a lot of yards. So I got to probably slow down on this. But 600. 77 total yards and only one turnover compared to Southern Alabama's two. 
And there's a guy, probably not as many people are talking about or even heard about, but Austin Reed. He is ranked number one in the country in passing with 4,744 yards and tied for first with 40 passing touchdowns. But that was all prior to this bowl game as he finished 36 for, for uh, was it 36 for 55. Yeah, for 55, 497 yards passing for two additional touchdowns and an interception. But the thing about it is he has, because of the transfer portal and not having to sit out for a year, really benefited from that. So he started out at Southern Illinois, went to Western Florida, a Division II school. So Southern Illinois is an FCS school, so D1AA down to D2 Western Florida, then transfers straight to Western Kentucky, started his first year, which is this year, and he's out here already breaking records. Western Kentucky has brought a lot of prospects out recently. Bailey Zapp, who at the time had a lot, you know, controversial. A lot of fans want him to start for Mac Jones this year. They start to Mac Jones, but he's right down, right behind him, bringing down his neck. So a lot of quarterbacks have come out of that program, and maybe the guy that played D2 Western Florida University can maybe make a name for himself if he declares for the draft this coming year. I know he's a senior. It just matters if he has an extra eligible year or not. And, you know, West Kentucky just is in up winning, so congrats to the Hilltoppers on that. And for the fifth game, the Armed Forces Bowl. So Baylor was in this game with with the Air Force. Baylor was a minus three favorite. Ended up losing uh, to Air Force. The score was 30-15. to 15. Air Force. Now, you know when it comes to military schools that it's always going to be a run-heavy offense. But surprisingly, even in this game, Air Force had over 100 yards throwing the ball. Granted, it was on four completions. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But this game in general had zero turnovers total. So it was a clean game. Air Force owned the possession time, as usual, with a military triple option running team. And you know, just Air Force just ran for 276 yards rushing and 103 passing yards, like I said, on four completions, while Baylor, they just couldn't get a handle of it. Now, the thing is, Baylor was picked to win the Big 12 prior to the year, and that was the first time ever in program history they've been a preseason favorite to win that division. But they, you know, they end up going six and seven now, so big disappointment, to say the least. But on top of that, they only ran for 42 yards total compared to 276 for Air Force. So that's just a big disparity you see right there. And again, it was a disappointing season. They at least made it to a bowl game, but six wins for a team that's favored to win the division, if not the conference. Actually, yeah, they're not only the division, but the conference, the Big 12 conference. Still a disappointment. And then we have the Independence Bowl. That was a six. Uh, the sixth game of the week, Houston versus Louisiana, Eurasian Cajuns, not LSU, but Houston was a minus five-point favorite, ended up winning by a touchdown, 23-16. Another preseason favorite to win the American Conference. They slipped up early, and because of that, lost some traction, ended up with a good season overall, 8-5, and five, but because of that, they had seven games decided by one possession or less and three games in overtime. So they're always tight in those games, but they ended up just making one raw play. But a lot of times also with seeing this team, it was a lot of mistakes and turnovers and penalties. Just, the, you know, the plays that you could prevent, which led them to the, all these, you know, tight games, end up losing it because of one play, one call. But 
anyways, I do want to talk about Clayton Toon, who is a great, great player. Led in passing at 224 yards, three TDs. He even led in rushing with 55 yards, 11 carries, thanks to a 33-yard gain to really start a drive for them. And they just ended up, you know, just being a better team. Louisiana had three turnovers to Houston zero. So they can, you know, they, they started off real sloppy earlier in the year. Ended up obviously correcting it and becoming a better team towards the end of the year. So we'll see what they do carrying it on to the next year. And then for the seventh game, so we're almost there, guys, but Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. Wake Forest versus Missouri. This is a three-point favorite for Wake. Ended up winning 27-17. This also is a very interesting game. I'd say two because Sam Hartman, their quarterback, is rumored to, I've heard, to Florida. I've heard recently Notre Dame, but rumored to enter the transfer portal after this year. He ended up going 23 for 36, 280 yards, three TDs, one interception. Overall, has thrown for nearly 13,000 yards and 110 touchdowns. So pretty wild, to say the least. Got to be the leading Wake Forest quarterback of all time with those stats. But interesting thing also is Dave Clawson, the current Wake Forest coach, this is his fourth bowl win in his seven years at Wake Forest. Prior to that, only had six ever, dating back to his first season in, in 1888. Granted, they didn't have bowl games back in the 1800s, but six bowl games ever won, dating back to 1888. So, congrats, Lake Force. We'll keep in touch and see what Sam Hartman does, whether it's Florida or Notre Dame. We'll see. But then the last game, always on Christmas Eve, Hawaii Bowl. So this this one right here is Middle Tennessee versus San Diego State. San Diego State was a seven-point favorite. Ended up losing 25-23. So San Diego State started on a 14-0 run. Grant, that was prior to a total of five turnovers compared to Middle Tennessee's one. And Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee ended up going on a 25-9 run. And they wildly... Finished only 170 total yards for Middle Tennessee and negative 66 rushing yards. Both all those five turnovers from San Diego State ended up just depleting any you know progress they made on the drive. So this was the fewest rushing yards in any, I mean any regular season or bowl season game over 25 years. And to put it in perspective. The leading rusher for Middle Tennessee State had 17 carries for 27 yards. Their leading guy averaged less than two yards a carry. Keep that in mind. But, so, all the games are all recapped. I got a good little conversation for all of them. But this upcoming week is when it really starts to get real interesting for the bowl season. You start getting the ranked teams, the most, nor- the, uh, <clears throat> the most notable teams, and there's a total of 19 bowl games coming up. Highlighting that would be number six, Tennessee, versus number seven, Clemson. Very interesting how Clemson will play now that they're back at quarterback. It's going to be now the start moving forward. Speaking of Clemson quarterback, their quarterback, DJ, entered a transfer portal, and he just recently committed to Oregon State. And his brother also, a five-star weak defensive end, committed to Oregon. Surprising, both of them didn't go to the same school, but they're also playing rival teams, Oregon, Oregon State. But we'll see how that goes. For Tennessee, Hinton Hooker's 
last game. Granted, he's out for the year, but hell of a team. Tennessee's definitely probably the biggest surprise to even be within this number six ranking. And we'll see what happens moving forward next year because they do have a five-star quarterback coming in this following year. Then we have number five, Bama, versus number nine, Kansas State, which will be in the Sugar Bowl. And also the Tennessee-Clemson game will be in the Orange Bowl. But again, Bama versus Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. Bama, Bryce Young, and Will Anderson Jr. did say they will play the game since they're not playing in you know, any playoff contention. But kudos for them on that. Now, Kansas State, they did beat TCU. Surprisingly, TCU didn't drop a spot in that playoff ranking. But how is Kansas State going to respond? Are they going to keep the hot streak going and really say that the committee messed up? Kansas State really should have been even higher ranked. But we'll see on that. Keep in mind, Kansas State is going to have their backup quarterback playing because Martinez is still out, to my knowledge. And even if he is able to play, I believe they might roll with just a hot hand. But also, another game, number 21, Notre Dame versus number 19, South Carolina. This is the Gator Bowl. Notre Dame, Drew Pine, did enter a transfer portal. And if I'm not mistaken, I saw he just recently committed to Arizona State. On top of that, Arizona State's quarterback, Emory Jones, committed to Cincinnati. And Luke Fickle, it, the former coach of Cincinnati, is now the coach of Wisconsin. Because this this whole NIL deal and all its transfer portals and all that stuff, it is unbelievable to keep, uh, you know, keep an eye on players because they'll be jumping left and right nowadays. But speaking of that, South Carolina, there was a fake rumor apparently apparently that Spencer Rattler was entering the transfer portal. That would make no sense in my opinion. He, you know, beat two straight weeks, two top ten teams for the first time in program history his two best games about eight touchdowns total within that frame but apparently his father said it was fake but also there's been words about if he has a really really good game in this bowl game because he is playing this bowl game that he would want to enter the NFL draft I don't really see that I think overall the season he had 16 touchdowns passing 11 interceptions but it's just his last two games were real hot. So is that really going to have somebody want to, you know, draft him high? I doubt it. Maybe a sixth rounder, maybe a seventh rounder. But hopefully he stays another year because I think, you know, with Beamer Ball and him coming back could be something really special down at SEC, uh, you know, University of South Carolina within the SEC. And then we got number 20, Texas, versus number 12, Washington at the Alamo Bowl. So Texas... Hudson Card, back quarterback, transfer portal. Quint Ewers is still there. But Washington, Penix Jr. is right up there with the Western Kentucky quarterback for being a top quarterback statistically. So I know Texas is a favorite in that game, but Washington's definitely been a deadly a deadly team. They're a higher-ranked team. Texas is favored by a field goal or 3.5, I think. But I think it'll be a really great game, too, and that'll be, of course, the Alamo Bowl. And also, on top of what we talked about with the transfer portal, let's talk about the NIL a little bit. So the NIL, I mean, I, I understand about people getting, you want to get their money and all that, but there is a point in time where tampering is just is always going to happen and it's just being exploited right now. Because with North Carolina, Drake May, the quarterback, the Heisman, at one point in time, potential Heisman, you know, candidate or maybe, you know, potential winner, 
even though it didn't happen, but it was rumored and definitely probably was that he was given up to $5 million just to switch a school. That's just unbelievably wild to think a college student can even be offered a $5 million job, but also on top of that, just to leave a program, go to another one. And Matt Brown did let a statement out saying, you know, I'm not going to say who it was, but it's all, it's a team where they've been buying off a lot of players. So a lot of people already were insinuating that that's Texas A&M. Wouldn't be surprised either with the big oil money down there. But, you know, for Drake May, he stayed at UNC. Makes sense. I mean, that's a lot of money. But it makes sense. There's a lot of family stuck to UNC. Their father played quarterback at UNC with Matt Brown back in the 80s. Went to the NFL. Then obviously Luke May, the basketball player, won the national championship with UNC, so they have a lot of family ties on that. And I do believe the family ties what really made him stay at UNC, even if those that $5 million is true. But, again, I mean, this isn't just for Drake May. This is for any player that's really notable out there that is worth something to a fan base. And with the NIL, a lot of times, I believe, it's, they're not even looking for a return on investment. Just a matter of just like getting the players and just to keep the entertainment for their team and just uh, you know try to push them up the hump, so to speak. I mean, there's no way a 20 year old or 19, 20 year old right now is worth five million dollars, in my opinion. Let me know if you think I'm wrong, but five million dollars for 20 year old, pretty wild. 19, 20 year old, so whatever. But of course, we have other transfers too. So you know, Pitts quarterback Slovis. Transfer from USC to Pitt, and now he's going to Pitt to BYU. We talk about Clemson's ex-quarterback, DJ. Jaden Daniels, i like to hear this, is returning to LSU for his 2023 year. Quarterback there for Brian Kelly and Coast. So that would be great right there. And let's talk about Dion. So Dion had tra- or Travis Hunter, his prize recruit number one out of Georgia, the state of Georgia, went to Jackson State, followed Dion to Colorado makes sense. I mean, Dion has a credibility. He is a former player. He's won a Super Bowl or two, and he just has that charisma that people want to play with him. So he brought Travis Hunter again from Jackson State, and he chose to go back to Dion with Colorado. Now, Dion also got a four-star running back from Kansas, too, so he's really making a lot of noise out there, and the players are keep going out there, to say the least. Interesting stuff, to say the least, I must say. But I also assure you that this won't be the last we hear about Dion and the moves he'll be making for Colorado. And with that being said, I don't know if y'all remember, but I will be at ECU versus Coastal Carolina's bowl game at Birmingham, Alabama. That will be tomorrow, so that will be on Tuesday, December 27th. I'll be at the game tailgating and I will drop another podcast for all the ECU fans out there also that Tuesday morning. So keep an eye out for it. I'll post something about it too. But again, I appreciate y'all tuning in so much. It means a lot. I've had people from other countries tune in and it's just always good to see the growth. So I appreciate it so much. Y'all have a great rest of the week and have a great new year's. Like I said, I have another podcast Tuesday morning for ECU game And next time y'all hear from me, it'll be in 2023. Appreciate it. Y'all have a great one.